I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Emily. This is Alex. And this is Going Somewhere. The podcast where we share what it's like to have a location-independent nomadic lifestyle. Meaning that we are full-time travelers, we're fully nomadic, we are slow travelers, and we have been for about the past eight months. So, Slow travelers meaning that we move slowly between locations, don't infer anything else from that. Right. I'm very quick in all the ways that count. Um, That's right. But yes, so slow travel, meaning that we personally spend about a month in every location that we go to. Yeah, that's right. Um, And we live out of Airbnbs, and we live out of suitcases. And right now, Mm -hmm. we're currently in Dubrovnik, Croatia. We've been here for about a week. But before that, we were in Split, Croatia. So... And before coming here, I had heard of neither one. (laughs) I had heard of Dubrovnik. I had not heard of Split before we started researching places to go. Um, But yeah, so previously we spent a month in Split, Croatia. And so that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of This Is Going Somewhere. Um, and because every, we want to give every location its due, um, we yeah, didn't want to Yeah, get a full just, rounded perspective of the locations. Right. We, we didn't want to just like lump Croatia together and talk about Split and Dubrovnik in the same episode. And plus, right. we've only been in Dubrovnik for a week, so we want to wait and talk about it after we've been here for an entire month. Um, because so far, I think that I like Split better than Dubrovnik. Okay. But I'm curious to see if that changes or like how that changes over the course of the next three weeks that we have here. I am also reserving my opinion. I really enjoyed Split, but I'm waiting to see what Dubrovnik's got. Yeah, so like when we talk about Dubrovnik, maybe we can do a little like compare and contrast, which I don't think is like fully fair to do quite yet. Not yet. We haven't seen everything. Yeah. So, um, we are, like I said, currently in Dubrovnik. We're going to talk about Split. So we're going to go back to last month 
Travel back in time with travel, us. Travel back in space and time with us um, to split Croatia, which if you're anything like us before having gone there, you probably want to just pull up Google Maps. <laughs> and figure out that, yes, it's really called Split. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's a real city. It is. It's spelled S-P-L-I-T exactly like it sounds like doing a split or a banana split. I don't mm-hmm. know why it's called that. Um, there's been so many different like historical influences and languages and everything over time that there's really no like um, clear etymology. Etymology? Oh, I don't know. To the to the to the title to the name of split really i read somewhere that it might have something to do with like a plant i don't know um i couldn't find any really like clear answers anyway um, i'll buy that (laughs) so why not um anyway yeah pull up go ahead i'll give you your time to pull up your google map and realize that it is on (laughs) the eastern coast of the adriatic sea um so that would be like the western end of Croatia, western coast of Croatia. So that area is called the Dalmatian coast. And as I think that we already briefly covered in another episode when we mentioned the Dalmatian coast, mm-hmm. that it actually is the um, dog, the Dalmatian, is named after this region um and we at least saw one dalmatian but many other kinds of dogs only one yeah so i don't know that's the um why it probably reminds you of a dog but it's not because it's named after the dog the dog comes from this region um so yeah we are right there we are on the adriatic sea it's mediterranean it's like right across the Adriatic from Italy, and yeah, it's both like across from Italy and south of Italy because Italy kind of like just barely loops around the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trust me, you're better off looking at a map than you are listening to us. This is not a geography to describe it. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, and a lot of people said also that they didn't even know really where Croatia was, um, and I don't really know that I could have like pinpointed it. It's tucked in there beforehand yeah. either. So, anyway, there's your geography <laughs> prompt for the day. I guess it was and a lesson. <laughs> it was a lesson. Sorry, I really can't help it. And speaking of lessons. I really have to go over the boring bit, which is not at all boring to me, Um, but... This will be, I think, called Emily's Snoring Corner. Boring Corner? (laughs) The the news book? I'll wake you up when you stop snoring. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I am (laughs) mic'd. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll wake Alex up when, when I'm done talking about... What um, some people might call the boring bit, but I think that it's important. Well, I don't know. I'm a historian, <laughs> uh, so I, I have. A she master's, actually is. Yeah. I have a master's degree in art history, so it's just like the way I'm wired. Um, but I also believe that having a brief history of the place will kind of explain a lot about it and make 
sense of some of the things that we're about to talk about in regards to split. So, um, let's, are you ready for your nap? Oh, I'm ready. Well, I'm drinking coffee, so I might survive it. Let's see. All right. Well, here I go. So, (laughs) (laughs) Split being actually the second largest in population uh, city in Croatia, second to the capital of Zagreb. Um, it, I was surprised to find out it was the second largest in population. Uh, it surprised me from, yeah. it wasn't very crowded when we were there. It didn't seem very crowded and it's not very big. Um, but yeah, apparently it has a high concentration of population and. And Zagreb is where we, uh, landed when we entered Croatia. That was the first hub of the, our Croatian journey before we transferred to Split. That's true. We made a connecting flight yeah. in the Zagreb airport. Um, but so I'm speaking about specifically split, but a lot of this will rep- will apply to this area of the Dalmatian coast. Um, but specifically speaking of split, it is a gorgeous area. It, it has been inhabited since prehistory. It is a like I said, is bordered. that like before history books? Pre- yeah, like oh, before okay. written history, Got it. basically. So prehistory being that, like we can infer, infer a lot of things because of discoveries that have been made, but there's no like nothing was written down that tells you exactly this is this and that is that. Okay, but I'm like with you. we know, there's there were people there, you know, before recorded history, but the first recorded history was its foundation as a Greek colony. So that's like third, second century BC. Okay. So um, that's its like early history. And actually there's um, a few Greek ruins on some of the islands that are off the coast of Split. Cool. So, in early AD, so around 300, we're getting into, like, the, you know, quote-unquote common era of history, around 300, um, it became Roman. So, an area just right north of Split called Solana was actually the birthplace of the future Roman emperor Diocletian. So, he was born right outside the city. Um, and... It was again like a like a Roman city state, so meaning that it was part of the Byzantine Empire, which is like I know <laughs> it, it's the um, it's it's basically like the eastern part of the Roman Empire. Um, so here we are, kind of Roman Byzantine until the Middle Ages. It was basically like a city state. Um, it was kind of a free city-state, but it got swept up in this struggle in the late Middle Ages between the Venetian Republic and what was then like the Kingdom of Croatia. Well, Venice kind of won out, and it became a Venetian city. So it was Greek, then it was Roman, then it was Croatian, and then it was Venetian. Yes. Okay. Um, and there was a conflict, like, <laughs> it's convoluted, but so the Ottoman Empire 
surrounded this area of Dalmatia, right? So there was constant conflict between this area of Dalmatia and the Ottoman Empire. So this is like around like the 18th century when it was a Venetian city-state. This is so it's like the 1700s, right? Yes. Okay. And um, it became like a heavily fortified city at the time because it was there was all this conflict. It was a very desirable place. It was a port. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, gorgeous. So based on its beauty alone, you know, that's why like Diocletian wanted to build his palace there. Um, Diocletian's palace is in the center of Old Town Split. It's basically where he wanted to retire. So he built this huge palace complex that um, he never really inhabited. Um, You know, like around this time after um, the 18th century, when Venice fell to Napoleon, Napoleon saw the Dalmatian coast and like saw the beauty of it and fell in love with it, so they say. Um, so basically because Venice fell to Napoleon, Split became Napoleonic. And then like therefore eventually part of the French Empire, like officially <laughs> by proxy of wow. that. So okay. yeah. <laughs> and then it actually became part of the Austria-Hungarian Empire. So... They were like the original melting pot. Yeah, it had a lot of... Just not at the same time. Influences and ownerships. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, over the years. And, um, yeah, that's why, like, the city is, like, an old ancient walled city. It's heavily mm-hmm. fortified. There's fortresses in the area. It's not a good idea. On, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's towers and, and everything. So um, a lot of them from, from that, like, Middle Ages era. But when we get into, like, the more modern era of history, the end of World War One dissolved the Austro-Hungarian Empire, so that was in 1918. So at that point, Croatia became part of the newly formed Yugoslavia. Okay. Okay. So then during World War II, the area was annexed by fascist Italy, and it actually became like a puppet state for Nazi Germany. So it was like occupied by... By Nazis. By, yes, um, fascist Italy and Nazi Germany. Until 1944, it was liberated, and then it was included then in the post-war socialist Yugoslavia. So it... it, Wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Hopefully not boring, but hopefully to illustrate some points... So Croatia, as we know it right now, didn't become independent as a country until 1991. It seceded from Yugoslavia in its own Croatian War of Independence. So all that to say, Croatia has only been independent for about 30 years as a country. Wow. And Split was like, at the epicenter, you know, of all of this over time because 
it was such a desirable place. It being like one of the largest settlements there, you know, on the sea, it support yada yada. Mm-hmm. All these important things that like big bad men in history want. Um, and also beauty and, you know, everything like that. So I think, you know, like we just talked about, um, oh, I should say, well, now it is a unitary parliamentary republic. So what does that mean? It, 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 I exactly, I'm probably not the best person to define it, but basically it means that. Here they have a president and they have a prime minister. They have, you know, um, a legislative and um, 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 what's the other one? Oh my god! Executive, executive branch. You know, it, there's some similarities. It's basically to to like put it in context of countries that. You might be more familiar with okay. Finland, Iceland, Greece, Italy, and Ireland. They all have a unitary parliamentary republic government. All right, system. all right. So, so it's like it's used more commonly. Than yeah, I mean, and there's ton. That's only to name a few of countries right. as well. But um, just from like our like American Western perspective, I think like those countries illustrate probably places that people have heard of. And when you can kind of give it in context of some place that somebody's already heard of, it doesn't seem as foreign as it might when you say, oh, a place that I've never heard of has a unitary parliamentary republic of governments and blah, blah, blah. You just go like, <laughs> oh, like, who cares? It's, you know, boring and beyond me. Yeah. But if you can start kind of relating it back to something... More familiar. A little more familiar. But I think all I have to say is that I think that's why it's never really been on our radar as Americans mm-hmm. and why when we started sharing on Instagram that we were going here, a lot of people were like, okay, I had to even look up Croatia. I definitely had to look up Split, um, you know, and then moving on to Dubrovnik as well. You know, people were like, okay, I had to look up and see what was there because sure, maybe I've heard of Croatia, but I never thought about it as a travel destination or a vacation destination, and I think it's because, you know, in our collective lifetime history of meeting people that have been alive right now, mm-hmm. it was a socialist country up until 1991, and if wow. it's, like, one thing Americans don't talk about, it's socialism, right? You don't talk about socialism. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's right in there with Bruno and his <laughs> <laughs> mice friends. Um, like yeah, rats, but yeah. Rats. Yeah. Bruno and his rats and socialism. Like, yeah. It, you know, especially during the Cold War era and, I mean, even now, like, you say that and people are like, oh, no, 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 that's bad. And even though, I don't even know... It's not always bad either, but I think it just gets like, it, it gets wrapped up in a lot of negative um, connotations. Yeah, it's which, bad. there's not good propaganda in the states about it. No, there's not, and I and I do understand that um, because it has been wrapped up in a lot of, you know, things that we might view as negative. But I, but I really 
think that is why, <laughs> you know, it's not really a vacation destination that's high on the radar for a lot of people or wasn't until maybe more recently. Um, I know that for us, we were kind of noticing that the people, the other people there were probably from other parts of Croatia. The people vacationing there, we should say. The tourists there. Yeah, seemed like it. And then um, towards the end of us being there, a lot more people I could tell were from the UK. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a destination more for people in Eastern Europe and then larger than that, like in Europe in general, is starting to... Um, people looking for a warmer climate. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, and also, I guess another thing we should mention is that I think a reason that it has been much more on the radar in recent years is because of Game of Thrones. I I thought I was going to be the one to bring it up. <laughs> it's a big thing. It is thing. a big thing. And if you are at all familiar with Game of Thrones, if you watched it or not, and if you liked it or you didn't, just, a, I guess, a factoid is they filmed a lot of it here, like... Pretty much everything that you saw in Game of Thrones where it was not snowing, that was Croatia. Like, um, Split um, and uh, the surrounding areas, it was Klis, Mm -hmm. is where they filmed all the, like, uh, marine scenes where you saw lots of stuff with uh, the Khaleesi and her um, developing her empire. And, yeah. Um, King's Landing, I think, is in Dubrovnik. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much that's what King's Landing is. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I've now learned more about Game of Thrones than I ever thought or cared to learn. I, I mean, here's the thing: don't even come close to even like remotely asking Alex a question about anything related to television. <laughs> Because you'll get like a lot like odds are good I've seen it or at least have an opinion about it. And you'll get an exhaustive review. Even if you don't ask a question. Like sometimes I'm just like I'll say something about a TV thing. Sometimes and then, well, because when you say something about a TV thing, sometimes it's so wrong that it's like <laughs> I, I like I can't hold back. I have to just <laughs> Like, no, 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 I'm sorry. Everything you said was wrong, and I have to fix it right now. I don't care if you don't care. I have to fix it. (laughs) But I said something right yesterday, but it led into this discourse, this, like, 20-minute discourse. I was like, oh, I know one thing from Game of Thrones. I drink, and I know things. And I was like, it wasn't a question. I was just like, I know one thing from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into, like, a 20-minute discourse on this character and his story and his character arc (laughs) and um you know opinions about you know his acting performance Mm -hmm. and more in depth of where that quote comes from and what it meant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i talked i was about to say we talked but i talked about it for a while i'm like yes uh uh-huh wow i know a lot except for his name i don't know his name Tyrion lannister oh you probably did tell me that Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Promptly is the first thing I forgot. Who was portrayed <laughs> by actor Peter Dinklage. I remembered that. Um, just because I know I'm familiar with his name, so that one's easier to remember. Anyway, yeah. 
another reason why I think there's been more interest oh, in yeah. the area. There's a, I could tell there's quite a bit of Game of Thrones tourism. There was mm-hmm. lots of literal tours. Mm-hmm. Um, we visited um, a filming location, and at least one tour walked by where people were very much talking Game of Thrones, and you know, I only heard part of a conversation. I knew exactly mm-hmm. what they were talking about. They were like, oh my god, this is where the dragon comes, and they're like, Wah! and they're like, Wah! and they're like, Wah! and they're like, Wah! And they're like, and, I'm... and then they couldn't help, even in that five, less than five minutes, five second walk by, I heard them even talking about the final season where they just phoned it in, and you know, the famous uh, Starbucks cup and the Coca-Cola. Oh, the coffee cup. Yeah. 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 You'll never live it down, Game of Thrones. You'll never live it down. These are the things that I know because they've just like permeated popular culture. Mm-hmm. That how you end up knowing about TV shows that you don't know about. But anyway, I know I know these things now. But yes, there is like such a thing of, as Game of Thrones tourism. It exists in Split. It exists here in Dubrovnik. Um, on a seemingly larger scale but we'll get into that when we talk specifically about Dubrovnik because Mm -hmm. right now I'm just kind of you know that's the sense that I get but it definitely exists in Split there's stores um, there's like fandom stores and there's specific tours that will take you to these filming locations and everything so group or private and like Mm -hmm. walking or being driven around tours all kinds and so all of these filming locations have to do with the history, the the boring bit that, oh yeah, you can wake up now, Alex. Are you awake? Oh yeah, you said Game of Thrones. I was wide awake. Okay, good. I hope that woke everybody else up too. Um, <laughs> but that, <laughs> you know, all of those filming scenes tie in with that history that, you know, I just bored you with because, you know, the Fortress of Cleese is the city of Marine. Well, that's that, right. there was a fortress because like I said, there was all of, all of this conflict, you know, at all times between, you know, the inhabitants of split and the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. They were just fighting all the time. They were trying to defend. They were building these fortresses. They were building these walls, these towers. Um, there's, like I said, it was first settled by Greek and Roman. So there's Greek and Roman ruins. Yeah. You know, the Roman ruins of Diocletian's palace was that Game of Thrones um, filming location for yeah, like... it's where she kept her dragons for part of it. Right. Um, and I know this because I looked at some photos online. That's right. And when we walked in, we <laughs> saw some of the Roman ruins and we saw like a... It's kind of good. Gladiator Coliseum area, kind of a little ruined one. Oh, well, that was in Solon. Oh, that's right. That was technically not inside of Split, but it was in, like, the, you know, neighboring city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just, like, a little bit north of Split is a city called modern-day Solon, ancient Solana, which is where Diocletian was from. Okay, is that where Solons are from, too? Yeah, uh-huh. the first evidence <laughs> of an ancient salon, salon mm-hmm. was... Just trying to follow the root of words. <laughs> Alex, don't be a smarty pants. You're going to look it up later and be like, oh my it, god, they really it did. It really was. Just like the Dalmatians. <laughs> salon, I'm meaning like sun, right? Like it means sun. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think soul is like the, you know, that's Latin for sun. Yeah. I know it's Spanish. S-O-L. Yeah. Would be, so to me, 
that's where my mind went. <laughs> Alex is thinking of a beauty salon, I yeah. guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a nerd. Um, it says the, the nerd. absolute nerd corrupting. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah. Thanks so English. <laughs> um, Solon, yes, where Diocletian was from, we went there. It, yeah, that's where we we saw the Colosseum. They had like a yeah. small Colosseum there. Yeah, that's cool. so all that history was to you know show you why are there ancient Roman ruins, you know, in Croatia? Because everybody visited. Yes. And then you know so, and, landed. <laughs> and they continue to this day, just like us. Yeah, but we didn't conquer. We just visited. We just, yeah, had a good time, and we went, we left left them be. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we were there from March 19th to April 16th, and that was in 2022, um, the year of our Lord Christ, 2022. Or some people's Lord Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so to us, it was more, I, to us, not to us, to everybody, it was more like shoulder season, which means like kind of right on the cusp of the busy season, like the popular travel season. Yeah, it definitely picked up towards the last week of us being there. Mm-hmm. Like we, we saw a definite change between having lots of space to all of a sudden, hey, all these restaurants that were closed are now more open and mm-hmm. their seats are full. Cruise ships. Lots more cruise ships, in. yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I would definitely say like proper spring, like starting in April is going to start to be the busy season and then like swimming season starts in May when it gets warm enough for most people to swim not that we didn't see people swimming but you know, so we, we waited we didn't mm-hmm. go swimming and it was chill mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah all that to say it wasn't very busy when we were there and also you know it I'm sure it has something to do with COVID and travel being suspended in a lot of places um, places just having, you know, this past summer was splits first, like tourist, like season back. And yeah. it wasn't as, you know, big as it ever was before. So, you know, it was interesting. We kind of ended up seeing a lot of places that, you know, were pretty clearly closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, when it, when a city relies on tourism, you know, it is, is a shame to see places that are closed permanently or indefinitely because of that. So it definitely did take a toll on it. And I think that, um, we were kind of, we, we were kind of, um, encouraged to see it get busier. Oh yeah. As we I, left. I was, uh, I was excited to see it actually getting busier. I could tell that they were really um, in the process of bouncing back because, um, like I said, some places were opening more as we started to uh, get towards the end of our month there. And there was a great deal of construction going on, a lot of remodeling and updating going on, not just in like the um, commercial area, but in the residential area for people who are maybe doing, you know, just 
apartments or Airbnbs or hotels, like just a lot going on there. That's true and a good point. And something that we've noticed almost everywhere we've been is a lot of construction. I think it was really a time, you know, where it was time to get a lot of projects done. And I don't know if you guys have also noticed that even around like where you live and stuff. But I've definitely noticed that. People have been taking the time to do some updating Mm -hmm. that they've been meaning to do. Yeah. But uh, I also want to say that with all that construction while we were there, it wasn't disturbing. A little bit of an inconvenience to like have some detour walking in the commercial area, but they cleaned it up before we left. And but the residential area didn't bother us at all. It wasn't noisy or mm-hmm. anything. Right. Um, we, <laughs> there was one instance that we kind of kept laughing at where there was something like just like jackhammering cement like right outside of the restaurant, and people were still dining on the patio. Like, it was, like, fine. Yeah, I'm assuming they were locals. I think so. Because they were just unfazed. Mm -hmm. I was like, that would bother me if I was a tourist or not, if someone was working on the street and I was eating in outdoor dining. But they didn't seem phased at all. Yeah. So, anyway, it's kind of an interesting observation that we kind of, from our history upbringing mindset as Americans we would be inclined to think that that would ruin everything like oh my god I wouldn't go there because they are so loud they're so noisy like you know a lot of um hotels and restaurants and things like that in the U.S. will close you know to do stuff like that because you know people will complain about stuff like that and it's just kind of a change in culture when when you see, you know, how most of Europe is just really, it's not like that. There's not that complaining culture. There's not that, like... Just kind of go with it. Yeah. There's not that, like, you've inconvenienced me, so now you owe me something mentality. It's, if anything, it's, oh, that's an inconvenience. Oh, and well. moving on. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm still hungry. I still want a coffee. I still was mm-hmm. going to come here. Anyway, or if anything, like, I come here every day, so I'm not going to stop coming here, but, you know, so there's, like, you know. Could be their spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, I guess let's talk about budget, um, by way of talking about where we stayed in, um. Oh, fun. In context, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh i'm like the fun police over here you I'm are like good cop bad cop and i'm just bad all the time okay. hey Let's you chose it, it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway i meant you know so we can like put it in context of where we stayed all right yeah, you know because we did stay we really liked our location. We stayed about a 10-minute walk from Old Town. It was a lovely walk. It was 10 to 15, depending on your pace. And uh, it was... And what section you were going to. It was a... It, from Old Town, it was uphill, because it's kind of a hilly area. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if you're going to go there, perspective. But it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, 10 minutes from the Riva, which is, like, the main, like, kind of restaurant bar row where the port is and where the cruise ships come in. Right. And then, like, maybe five more minutes to parts of Old Town. And then, like, 20 more minutes to Bacchvise, which is, like, one of the most popular beaches there. I like the way it sounds, Bacchvise. <laughs> so, um, I would say, like, a pretty prime location 
And our Airbnb was um, $1,621 for the month. So that is the monthly Airbnb rate. That's not like... I'm pretty sure there's a monthly discount. Oh, there is. Yes. Um, I can actually look up like... Well, maybe. I'll try to look up how much it would have cost... Like per night or something? Per night, maybe. Because I guess, yeah, most people are not necessarily traveling per month like we do. Um, so right now the rates probably being like busy time mm-hmm. is 110 per night. So definitely I got the monthly discount. Yeah. And, um, cause we would not stay somewhere that was $110 per night for a month. No, uh, um, we wouldn't No. do what you like if you're going to go there. But, um, I will say in my opinion, I loved that apartment. Mm-hmm. It was very comfortable. It was bigger than I saw on the pictures. Um, we had two bedrooms, just the two of us, and um, one had like a queen size bed, and the other bedroom had two twin size beds that were pushed together, but you can pull them apart. And a living area with a kitchen. It wasn't a large kitchen, but it was big enough. It had um, what we needed, and actually had. Two and a half bathrooms. So, like, had, like, the powder room bathroom when you walk in, just the toilet and sink. Three. Three. Commodes. That's right. Three commodes. Yeah. Uh, latrines. Pots. Shitters. Yes. <laughs> Three shitters. Yeah. If you want to get, you know, down to it. And uh, one just uh, had us, the, the master bed had a uh, in, ensuite, ensuite. Attached bathroom, toilet, Mm -hmm. water closet, and it had a stand-up shower. And then the uh, other restroom had a full tub, which was Mm -hmm. big enough for me to lay down in, which I thought was great. And tubs are kind of a more of a rarity in the mid-range affordable places that we tend to seek out in Europe. Because there's not like a whole lot of tubs in Europe. But it's usually, like, a bigger luxury that we don't often get. So it was a super treat. Which I personally thought was strange in, like, the course of, I guess, human technology evolution. Because tubs came first. Right. So you'd think showers would be more of a luxury. it's a space thing. It's a space yeah, thing. Yeah, because usually it. space is at a premium. And this apartment, it was, like, so well laid out. The space was well used. Lots of... Um, oh, and it had a balcony where we could yeah. see uh, into... Um, the downtown area, including probably Old Town, if you could well, yeah, it. you could see the tower. That's right, mm-hmm. and you could see part of the, the water to yeah. get to the sea. It was a really pretty view. I, yeah, it was thumbs a up really on that place. Nice yeah, find. and the hosts were amazing. Um, Very helpful. Yeah, like friendly. best host we've ever had. Like, yeah, probably like our favorite property that we've had so far. But anyway, we gush about the apartment, but <laughs> um, you know. To give you a sense of the budget, it was like sixteen hundred for the month. Um, now, in our case, lodging is always like the biggest expense. Yes. Um, I guess we should mention that to get there, we flew oh. from. Perfect. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it, but I'm sure they. Uh, they might. Um, <laughs> To get there, we flew from Edinburgh to... Edinburgh. 
sorry. Whoa, I did say that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Edinburgh to um, um, oh Frankfurt to Zagreb to um, split. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, a big day of, of flying. But our flights were inexpensive. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the layovers were not too long, but not too short. So we had time to like decompress between airplanes. Right. So yeah, it was like under four hundred dollars for both of us to fly there, um, just under that. So obviously I don't know the prices from the States, but just to give you an idea how it's going into our monthly budget. Um, but yeah, the lodging is always the biggest portion of our budget, but as far as everything else, it was pretty reasonable. I would say that because it's a tourist city, you know, most of the restaurants, I would say a bit overpriced. Um, we did find a few where we could get takeaway for around $25 to $30 for both of us. Um, but that would be like takeaway if we sat down with meals and a drink. It was closer to like $40, $45, It was very similar to like hotspot in the States or even Canada prices. Mm-hmm. It, um Higher than we'd become accustomed to mm-hmm. while traveling to like France and Italy and Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the dishes were probably like slightly more expensive than like a casual place in Paris. Right. But I think because you in Paris, you have so many options. And in Split, it's smaller, you have less options. It's geared towards tourism where. Obviously, you can find places that are not, like, specifically geared towards tourism, but they're still probably going to charge a premium because yeah. they can. Whereas in Paris, like, you can get out about, you know, around certain areas and kind of choose your budget type. You can you can find it if you're looking for There's it. There's more options. Yeah. You know, so in Split, it was... The meals out were a little bit more expensive um, comparatively to the rest of Europe, like, like, um, you know, France and Italy, um, that we were at before and in Scotland even. Um, but, um, and also like the drinks out were expensive. Yeah. I mean, like you're paying pretty much what you would pay if you go to like a bar and have a cocktail in the U S you know, 12, dollars up to, to 17 yeah. yeah um yeah so we didn't do a lot of that we did a lot of at home meals because groceries were a lot less expensive um than the u.s they were i would say they're slightly more expensive than in france and italy definitely less expensive in the u.s and I think where kind of Croatia has friends in Italy beat is that their allergy-friendly options are actually less expensive and definitely less expensive than in the U.S. Because, like, um, a carton of oat milk is, like, $3 here. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., you know, you're probably looking at 4 to $6. Um, one thing that I know for sure is the char gluten-free bread that I eat is about three, 
350 here, like in US dollars, but it is easily double that in the US. Yeah. It's like you get a close to seven dollars. Feed yourself in the proper way. Right. So well, your person <clears throat> proper way, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have noticed that with the more allergy friendly options are more affordable in Croatia. And I can speak to Split and Dubrovnik for that because we have been shopping here a few times and it's the same prices. Um, That's good. Yeah. And obviously, like, I shouldn't say obviously. I should say <laughs> gas is more expensive here. I don't know why it would be obvious. <laughs> obviously. Gas is more expensive um, the way I hear it everywhere right now. <laughs> well, yeah, in general, it's more expensive everywhere, but it's more expensive here than in the U.S. and um, other parts of Europe as well. It's kind of all relative sometimes, but obviously we don't buy gas. I shouldn't say obviously. You might always oh, I keep saying It's obvious it. to us. Not it's to obvious them. to us. We we don't buy gas directly because we don't have a car. Obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a car, so we don't directly like go to the gas station and fill up gas, but it's going to affect things like, you know, your taxi or your Uber, or your, you know, the way that fuel costs affect things. Um, yeah, they, they <clears throat> pass it down to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So I would say that Uber costs here are comparable. I looked at two things that I could relate to in the U.S. because I've lived in Fort Worth, Texas, which is kind of like, you know, more affordable cost of living. Um, and I've lived in Southern California, which is outrageous cost of living. <laughs> so a, an Uber right here that would have cost like 30 to $50 in Southern California cost about $18 here. That same ride would have been about $15 in Fort Worth, Texas. So um, based on the mileage that I looked up. So Uber here is probably comparable to most, you know, mid-range places in the U.S., but if if you live in one of the more expensive cities in the U.S., well, it's cheaper here. Um, yeah, so that kind of gives a, a rundown of the budget. Um, I think I'll have to figure out a way to, because the budgeting app that I use goes like from the first to the end of the month. Right, and we're no longer traveling that way. And our stays are kind of split now, so I'm like, I can look up the percentage of groceries that we spent out of our budget, but it's not like exactly lining up to each location. But I mean, I would definitely say that is our second largest expense is groceries, but it's not a huge expense because that's how we stay more on budget. Is right. that so? Groceries are actually our second largest expense. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be travel. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on, but. I mean, like, so Airbnb was sixteen twenty mm-hmm. last month. Travel was four hundred, about four hundred right. for the flight. Groceries is usually around like a thousand a month. I'm like spitballing off the top of my dome here, based on like what I remember from before when we did travel, kind of the first to the end of the month. It got shaken up um, at some point. So now we're like split between months. But yeah, I mean, we spend... um, Don't you love how Alex is finding this out for the first time right along with you? (laughs) Because I don't... (laughs) He's like, wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) 
I always give him a hard time because I'm like, oh, hey, how much was that? And he's like, oh. Like, he has no idea. He just, like, picks things up. And he, like, I've like gotten better about it. He, he's gotten better about it, but, yeah. It's... There's a lot of freedom in that, and it's probably getting me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Obviously, I do the budgeting. <laughs> that one should be obvious. Yeah, that one is obvious. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, <laughs> definitely groceries is, like, our next biggest expense because we do much more at-home eating and groceries than right. eating out to stay on budget. So, probably if we didn't have such a high grocery expense, our going-out-to-eat budget would be even higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which, you know, for various reasons, it is not. Now... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With the Airbnb in split, utilities were included and wireless was included, which it very often is. There's going to be a few cases, you know, where it's not, but in this case, it was, and we always look for cases where it is included. Um, yeah, if you are going to be searching through their site, make sure to read everything that's written there. Yeah. The house rules. House all, rules is always where they'll hide things like... Read all the way to the bottom of the description. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like if utilities or Wi-Fi or anything like that is extra, they have to put it on there in the description, but it's usually hidden under house rules. And a lot of the times, if you book a place that has that under house rules, they'll send you a message right away and say, did you see the part where we charge extra, you know? Um, so it should be known. 
So we make sure we find something that works for us that has that included because it's another way that we end up saving money being location independent versus right. having a permanent residence. It helps um, with you doing the budget as well because we already it's all up front. We know it's going to cost X amount of dollars and not be like, okay, it's mm-hmm. X and then plus Y, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can yeah. plug that number in once and that's it for the month. Um, we don't have to wait till the end of the month to see how much utilities are, how much, you know, you know, so it's, it's nice that that is included and part of our budget, it gets lumped in with the cost of lodging for us. Um, now, um, alongside with that, um, trash disposal is always included in the places that we've stayed too, but in a lot of cases, that's simply because it's just your job to do it anyway. And yeah, because you're living <clears throat> there. Split is one of those locations. So I know that in everywhere that I've lived in the U.S., I've either had a trash can that you pulled onto the end of the driveway, or I've lived in an apartment that has a dumpster mm-hmm. that you take your trash to on site. I've never had to like walk my trash anywhere off site until we started living in Europe. Um, and Italy was the first place in Florence yeah. where I made um, a video on Instagram, <laughs> how <laughs> you take out the trash in Florence. There's like dumpster containers in various spots on the street yeah public access areas public access area they're easy to get to well it's the same here and it was the same in split i should say and it's also the same here in Dubrovnik um that we've been in and yeah so you have to just walk your trash to one of these sites and they're definitely convenient they're meant to be convenient we had one that was like right I mean, you could just see it right from the driveway of our apartment. And then there was one even on the next block and the next block. Yeah. So it's, you know, not really any more of an inconvenience than it is to roll your trash can down to the end of the road. Yeah, just Um, take it when you're leaving. Yeah. And then I'm sure, like, the taxes pay for that ultimately. But you don't get a separate bill like you get a lot of the times in the U.S. for that. Um, so yeah, just something interesting to note about like you, things you don't think about until you like you really live somewhere. You're like, oh, where do I take my trash? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's down the street. Okay. Um, it's all those little yeah. like living details. That mm-hmm. and like laundry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, our apartment had a washer and dryer. I mean, sorry, it had just a washer. Yeah, there's not as many places that we've found that uh, have dryers in the European Europe area. Um, or their combination, like yeah, um, yeah. Paris had a combination one, and so did Florence. But we ended up not using it because it gets so hot. Yeah, yeah. You could end up and, like if you have like more delicate items, you could end up damage them. But yeah, you know, just hang it up. Alex so had some clothes shrink, so we started hanging up our laundry. And then turns out it's good we got into that practice because since we've been in Croatia, we've not had a clothes dryer, but we had had a clothes washer, so we hang them to dry. Um, but Have yeah. some stuff hanging outside right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think our favorite part about where we stayed in Croatia, in, um, sorry, in Split, Split. Yes. was the five-minute walk that we had to the Margin Forest park yeah it's a beautiful place um 
I haven't seen anything like that really. It's for a public park, not a national park. That I'm. It wasn't right. I don't think it was. I don't know. You ask me. I ask you the hard doozies. questions. Yeah. It was a yeah. It's a forest park. So there was, it was a forest with um, walking and biking paths, and then hiking trails that had. Um, some of them had uh, like workout stations for if you were going to go through there where you could like literally like pick up a, like these pre-cut <laughs> sanded logs and do an exercise that was displayed on a, uh, a There's sign. a video on Instagram too. It's, we have a reel that shows us about this margin, Marjan, M-A-R-J-A-N forest park. Say it how you'd like. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's great. Um, for those reasons, as well as the fact that it was right on the water, too. So I had never been to a place that had both forest and beach. It was forest sea. Yeah, like, and it, like for not being like Pacific Northwest, where like you have forest and then it's like cliffs and like hazardy water, this was like calm beach water that was crystal clear, light blue, dark blue, green, all of that going on, and even like had tide pool kind of areas where we saw a bunch of like little fish and crabs and things like that it was lovely it was so pretty yeah we went almost daily for a walk pretty close to where we were staying yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it took us about five minutes to get to the entrance of the park and yeah we would walk for like 30 minutes turn around and walk back Almost every day, like I said. And then we did the workout trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was widely used, too, because there was always, like, a great variety of locals that were going there. And it seemed like the schools were taking, like, the students there for their, you know, I guess PE. Or sports teams practice <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like, there was a soccer um, field. There was, like, a long jumping place. There was there tennis was, like, courts. A, a lawn bowling area. Um there was a, a kayak and canoe, which wasn't open at the time. I think it was just because it wasn't the season yet for it. Um, kind of a beach club type thing that had different yeah. activities. Um, yeah, it was it was just amazingly gorgeous. I imagine it's probably really crowded in the summer. But, but probably because it's beach and it stays cooler because of all the forest. And it's free. to You can just like, they just let you go in there. I'm sure the beach club has some fees, not to enter, but to like, you know, get the goods. Well, yeah, if you're going to like do a kayak or have a beverage. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, There's a restroom there at the beach club um, in case you're getting desperate on your walk. Um, Yeah, you don't have to just go in the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) So it's the sea. It's the sea. I kept, I kept screwed up. I kept calling it the ocean, and you would kept correcting me. And now I'm me- messing now it up now. Messing it up. But yeah, it was a great <laughs> place, and it was a free activity that just like it blew your eyeballs, like you know. And not only blew your mind, it blew your eyeballs. And another way that we kind of keep things in budget is we try to seek out these like free things to do. And you know what? I was surprised when you said that was our favorite thing. Because like, I, I agree, but I thought you were going to say it was the cats. Well, you know, the kitty cats. So many cats. It, yeah, and honestly, so many dogs. Yes, but, but in different contexts. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the cats were just the city's cats. Mm-hmm. They were 
you know, for lack of a better term, stray cats. Mm-hmm. Some would hang out by the dumpsters. Some would hang out in town. Some just roamed around between the houses. Mm-hmm. I saw a small handful had collars. The rest of them were just mm-hmm. out in the city. None of them looked like they were having a tough time. They were well fed. Like every time I'd look up, either we were acknowledging the cats and trying to give them a pet or a snack, or someone else was. Mm-hmm. Lots of times people were just taking pictures of the cats. There's an area where someone had built like a little kitty village with a bunch of little like cat houses in a circle, and they had like their food bowls that were getting fed or filled regularly by anyone who came by. Well, it was right outside of a supermarket, too. Smart. And around so, a couple restaurants. Yeah. There were a few times that I, we went in that supermarket and I bought some cat food and I dropped it off at the little kitten village. Um, <coughs> Crazy cat lady. <laughs> I've become very much of a cat lady, it, having been in Croatia for five weeks now. Um, it just happened. It just happened. I now carry around a baggie of cat food in my purse. Yeah. It's reached these new levels. Um, We don't have a cat right now, so... Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's something that speaks to the community, you know, in Split, and also we've seen in Dubrovnik as well. I think that you can tell a lot about um, a community of people based on their kindness to animals and animals that would a lot of the time be seen as a pest um, by a lot of places. I would think so. If there was just that many of them in mm-hmm. most contexts, you would hear them being a pest or a nuisance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that you call animal control for. And I don't think that they're viewed that way in Split, especially, they had all been spayed or neutered. You could tell because they had the notch in their ear. They were they were well taken care of. And that's kind of one of the things that I always say when people ask how how the the people, the locals are in in Split, they do keep to themselves a lot. We only had one conversation with the local that came up to us and initiated a conversation. That was one conversation in a month. And we, uh, aside from our Airbnb host, um, who also were pretty reserved. So it seemed like maybe a kind of reserved culture. And I see that based on their history and, you know, that the people have been through in their lifetime. Yeah, not unfriendly. Yeah. Just more reserved, um, not super outgoing. So it's hard to really get a sense or a feel for the locals other than watching them interact with each other and watching them interact with the animals. And so their interactions with each other were always super familiar. Everybody knew everybody. It, It has a very small town feel. And the, it does, yeah. It's, it does seem like everyone kind of was at least slightly familiar with everyone else that was local. Every time we got in the cab or an Uber, they were like hollering out the window, like "Oh hey," you know, talking to whoever on the street. But mm-hmm. they actually knew them. Um, the one person that we, the local that did come up and start talking to us, uh, made sure to say how safe it was. He said that I could have walked around at midnight. Um, by yourself. By myself. There was a comparison to Cinderella, and <laughs> and I would have been completely safe. 
Um, and we did very much get that sense. I did not walk around at midnight by myself, but I, I went on a few walks or errands and stuff by myself. Never felt like it was a problem. Um, I think like the sense of community builds that sense of safety because everybody does know everybody. Yeah. And you know, they hold you, they hold each other accountable. Exactly. And so it does have that small town feel, although it is a tourist town. That being said, I'm sure those petty things happen as they do in all tourist towns, you know, where you're going to get those, like, maybe people trying to rip you off a little bit, or maybe the petty theft or pickpocketing or... Opportunist. Opportunist, exactly. But overall, like, very safe, um... And, um, easily walkable. Yeah, we walked almost everywhere. Um, and also a specific question that somebody had on Instagram was the language. So Croatian is the language of Croatia. Um, it's notoriously a hard language to learn and pick up and understand and everything. But English is widely spoken. I think everybody we've encountered so far has had enough English it's, to it's get split, a, absolutely. To yeah. get us by. Um, I, I learned three words. I learned hello, zdravo, <laughs> I learned thank you, which is Havala or Havala Vam, and you're welcome, which is Malim, Malim or Malam, Malim. See, I'm not even, and I keep, I tell you, I keep forgetting two of those words. Well, I, it's still two more than I learned. I, I remember Havala, because yeah. you say thank you a lot, but Zdravo, I can't even remember how I say hello. It's, um, it's just like mental gymnastics for my brain. Um, because I know English and I know, um, a bit of French and this is not like either of them. Yeah. So. They also, uh, seem to know a lot of, uh, Italian, um, cause I did have a, I've been studying some Italian and I had a conversation with one of the people we shopped with, uh, in Italian and went over very easily. And I only picked it up because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they use ciao to say goodbye. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I can go with that. I think that, yeah, chow is said a lot in, like, familiar goodbye situations or mm-hmm. hello situations. And obviously, you know, there is an Italian influence like it used to be Venetian. And their neighbors, and yeah. there was an Italian presence here in the not-so-distant history. Right. And, and, yeah, their neighbors. So, um, definitely it is not hard to get by without knowing any Croatian or any other language but English, but I always encourage something, anything. Um, and I do hesitate to say, like, don't worry about it, because, you know, even though I can't remember these these words, um, <laughs> but um, it is always nice to try, and I think for the most part people appreciate when you try. Um, I'm going to tack on something onto that. Mm-hmm. It's not about the language, but if you are going to be traveling to Croatia, at least to split, um, 
mostly you can get away with using a credit card. Um, mm-hmm. You cannot use American Express. I don't think it's uh, accepted anywhere in Croatia. So heads up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and only two instances uh, that we experienced where we needed cash specifically was at the farmer's market and on taxi cabs. Mm-hmm. Those were uh, cash only. But everything else, we got to use cards. Well, there was a few times we got gelato or something oh, at that's a small... Right. Yeah, the, the tiny spots. Yeah, small uh, spots. You'll still need like some the... of the local currency. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can pick those up at the, the Bankomat, ATMs, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a good tip. You'll want to have some cash. A little bit you. of both, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so as far as what we did... For activities, like I said, we try to find the free things, but... Um, Those are my favorite ones to spend money on. We went to Diocletian's Palace, which is right in the center of Old Town. Most of it is free to walk around. You can definitely do a lot for free. You can see the ruins. You can go inside parts of it, and you can go around all of it. But there are parts that you do have to pay for, which is like climbing the tower. If you want to go to Jupiter's Temple, which is now the Baptistry, right. or which was previously Jupiter's Temple and Roman ta- Temple in Roman Temple. times, um, and now <laughs> you know in Christian times was the uh, Baptistry, and now that, it's a tourist attraction. Now, yeah, now that costs money, um, and then the the one part of Diocletian's Palace that we we personally paid to enter is the cellars or the basement. Yeah, the the underground. Mm-hmm. Which is the part that Alex was saying was um, that's the where, dragon keep. Yes, that's where the... <laughs> if you watch the show and remember, that is where Khaleesi uh, held her dragons when she was kind of punishing them, kind of, or just holding them back from being a danger to the people. So she locked them down there. Um, thank you for that very abbreviated ooh um, yeah, description. I know I can't have would have a whole other show if I had to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, so we decided we did want to do that. It was very interesting because it's kind of the only way left to see what the upper floors like would have looked like, like the living space of Diocletian's palace, like. So basically, the the blueprint of the cellars in the basement is all that's left. Okay. Above yeah. it, you know, most of the building has, you know, gone for various reasons. It's you know fell into disrepair, you know, been damaged, demolished, or repurposed. So yeah, you can actually get a sense of like what the space might have been like to to go into the cellars, and there's a small little museum display down there, and that was. Um, about seven fifty U.S. dollars per person. Seven dollars fifty cents. Just to clarify, not seven hundred fifty dollars. No, sorry. We wouldn't yes. have gone. It was just under eight dollars. About. And uh, speaking to the repurposing, a lot of the places are in current use. There was restaurants that inhabited part of it, mm-hmm. shops, and even um, apartment buildings that were occupied currently. Yeah, like there's people that live. In, in Diocletian's palace. palace. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, it is amazing sense of 
history and contemporary just existing all at once. Which I thought was it was really cool. Really cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so we did that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, you can do a lot without paying for it. You can see a lot without paying for it. We went to Cleves, as Alex mentioned, to go to the fortress there. It was about the same price. It was about um, $15 for both of us. And we uh, took an Uber to get there. We did take the Uber to get there. Um, the entire round trip, so what we did is we took an Uber from Split. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's burping again. We took an Uber from Split. We went to Cleese. We took an Uber from Cleese to Solon, the other ancient Roman ruins. Yeah. And then we took an Uber back from Solon to Split. And that whole experience cost like $33, the Uber ride. So Worth it for us. I think it was worth it um, because it was... The things that we were the most interested in seeing, and we still didn't spend over, you know, what we spent like $90. No, 60 About $60 doing, like, I would say, paying for tourist experiences. Yeah, you know. And that includes, like, the Uber ride that we took up there. Because um, Solon, you can just enter. There's yeah, ancient Roman there. ruins, and you just, you just go. You just go. You just walk up, and there they are. It's incredible. Um, and Cleesa, we had to pay the entrance fee, mm-hmm. but that was it. And there was no time limit or anything. Like, spend as much time there as we felt like spending, mm-hmm. I guess, until they closed. And you get a very good view of, you know the entire like harbor area like you can see split you can see Solon and you can see you know the Adria- that part of the Adriatic coastline um, it's a really good view overview it's a great of it all. view yeah um, yeah and uh, yeah and then from there we went to Solon which has um, I mean it's and it's an entire ancient city worth of ruins it's a pretty big space and you can walk around you even um, had those, like, uh, sarcophagus that were, like, left mm-hmm. there, too. Yeah, so there were even, you know, because, like I said, it was it was Roman in Byzantium, and so it was Roman in ancient times, and it was Roman in Christian times as well. So you have, like, these um, sarcophagi that were kind of... Some of them were actually repurposed from... Um, How rude. Yeah, like, so the Christians <laughs> actually kind of repurposed some of the sarcophagus to, you know, the imagery and stuff. It is very interesting, but yeah, so so there's, you know, it, it was a whole ancient civilization there, basically, where the emperor, the Roman emperor Diocletian was born. Um, so yeah, that's what we did mm-hmm. as far as, like, things that we paid for experiences was you know very budget friendly but that is because we picked and choose you know what we wanted to do there's other things that you could definitely do that we probably would have done had the weather been warmer like we probably would have taken a boat to some of the islands i mentioned there's islands islands you can go off the coast they had uh waterfalls that you could Mm -hmm. see they had um they're called like a blue cave Mm -hmm. where like you take a small boat inside of it, and it's lit up from the sunlight outside for through the seawater, so it becomes all blue and cool. 
Yeah, but it was just too cold for us. Beautiful beaches, um, you know, different things to explore on the island. But yeah, we would have done it had it been warmer because we love swimming. I would want, I would have wanted to get in the water. I would have wanted to go snorkeling. So mm-hmm. yeah, we added that to our like if we go back list. And hopefully we'll have a chance to do some of those activities here in Dubrovnik, you know, once it gets warmer. It's, it's getting there. Mm-hmm. The sun's out. Another thing we did was we went to the mall, which is a fun thing that we like to do. I mean, we think it's fun <laughs> to do in each location. Yeah, it's interesting. Because you can really get a sense of, you know, the differences. I think we're all, like, at least in... You know, Alex and I, um, our generation, Mm -hmm. we're familiar with going to a shopping mall. And maybe it's something that younger people won't be as familiar with. But for us, you know... Depends where they're located. It's a real sense of, like, comparison, you know, of culture sometimes. So we like to do that. We think it's fun to see, like, what stores are in common, what stores are different, what the differences are. And, again, there's a video on Instagram if you're interested in that. But there's... They have some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Just, like, things you wouldn't be, like... Expect in a mall. Like a butcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mall. So um, there's a free bus to the mall right by the that was cool. harbor, the port where, you know, all the cruise ships come in and stuff. You can just jump on a bus um, according to their time schedule, but it's free to get to the mall. So that was another kind of free activity, you know, and if you don't buy anything, it's free. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know, just kind of something that we do because we do have more time in places than just being on vacation. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. If you had a weekend split, I wouldn't be like, you have to go to the mall because you don't. But, you know, just something that we choose to do a lot of the time. Um, but as, it's there. <laughs> as far as food pretty good yeah i'm surprised uh they had options for things that we could eat having um some food allergies at a lot of places uh two at least i can think of a time i had that were just full-on vegan restaurants i can think of three off the top of my head we went to two but there's at least three and then plenty others that had options yeah like different cuisines uh we had asian food there were a couple sushi places besides just like fusion asian food um there was a mexican place we didn't go to um because it didn't look super i was curious (laughs) but it did Um, i have high standards (laughs) yeah i i feel like in split there was there was definitely some places that um weren't solely geared towards tourism i would say and i think those are the places that we like like the vegan places that we liked more um that were kind of like tucked back a little bit more into the city and then there's like a whole row of restaurants alongside where the harbor is called riva and then like bunch of a bunch of like kind of like Burger huts. That's where you're going to get your, like, basic overpriced food and drink. I mean, it's what you can expect. We ate there once. It was a... I had a decent burger. Yeah. 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 It's fine. I get really disappointed with decent food that's overpriced. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just have... 
but whatever, I didn't starve and it was all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that we enjoyed the most about the food, besides there being lots of allergy friendly options in restaurants and in grocery stores, was the green market. It was impressive. The farmer's market, yeah. which was every day until one thirty, like I think. Th- one thirty, yeah. I know it sounds super weird to say like the best <laughs> produce I've ever tasted, but I'm a broccoli connoisseur and literally the best broccoli I've ever had in my life. Just you could tell it was like picked. And then they brought it to the market. Like, it was cut that day. It was so fresh. The prices are absolutely reasonable. And Um, competitive, because there's, like, a bunch of different people mm -hmm. there, like, vying to get your sale. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things, like, the green vegetables were cheaper than you would have gotten in the store, but some of the fruits were more expensive than you would have gotten in the store, but they were much higher quality and better than when you would have gotten in the store. So, you know... You're not overpaying for it. You're just paying a little bit more, but you're getting much better quality. Clean, uh, no pesticides. Um, you could tell, like, you still wash your, your veggies and fruits and stuff because they, like, just took them off. The- oh, there was a snail on, like, we got this, yeah, like, like, bunch of leaves, and um, that's what I just call any type of salad. It was, it was a leafy green of <laughs> some was, kind. I'm not even positive what it was. We had a bunch of leaves, and I was washing it, and there were, I found two snails on it, and then, like, that's organic. So yeah. it was delicious. Um, not yeah. the snails, the greens. Made sure to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made sure to wash them well. Tap water is, um, I'm also a tap water connoisseur, and tap water was Safe to drink. sublime. Yeah. It, it ticked all my boxes. There was uh, water places even in the park. You could just like fill up your bottles at mm-hmm. the tap. It was water fountain, very water accessible. Pump. Delicious, cold tap water. I have the most finicky gut ever. Um, I say that lightly. <laughs> I have been. I've had some rough times in Mexico with anything water or fresh fruit or veg related. Very rough times in Mexico. So, for yeah, for me to be absolutely okay drinking the tap water, it, 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 it's, a, it's a high recommendation coming from yeah. me. And for <laughs> me, just being a picky person that grew up drinking bottled water, mm-hmm. I adapted very quickly to the tap here, and it's been just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I love because... He hasn't bought bottled water since like maybe our first week in Split, but yeah, now like tap the other water I would. It's just as good, honestly. It's just as good here. The water, I mean, I can't about the water. I know it sounds super. Forget weird, about it, you know. The water and the broccoli are the best. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I guess on the maybe less pleasant side of things. Um, we can't leave out some things that we did notice that it wasn't all sunshine as great yeah. about being in split. Um, one thing that we did notice right away was there's a lack of diversity. Well, now that you've given us that history lesson, it's a bit more explained about mm-hmm. how they uh, had a lot of occupying nations that were intolerant of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not a lot of diversity, mm-hmm. um, predominantly Caucasian people. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and you know, just I saw more diversity towards the end of our trip, so that was obviously tourism. Right, because yeah, when the cruise ships started coming in, you would see more New people. Yeah, but as as a space, as an area in and of itself, very little diversity. Which was another reason why, yeah, the history yeah. was important to know. These people have seen occupation in their lifetime, some of them, you know, because the, there's a, a, a large, like, elderly population, um, and these people have seen some shit go down. And, and they all seem very healthy. <laughs> they all seem very healthy. They're walking up these hills on cobblestones and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Must be that broccoli. They're <laughs> in that water. Um, yeah, so things have happened. They've been occupied. There's mm. been genocide. Like, you know, we're talking, you know, Nazi. Real hardships. Occupation. Yeah. There's been concentration camps. There's been things that have been designed specifically to eliminate racial diversity in this area. Um, and not that fucking long ago, people, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, not ancient history. If, if not you something think about new, it, like, like, yeah, we're talking World War Two, in, like... People's lifetimes, yes, maybe they were young, but in their lifetimes, yeah. you know, they've they've been through this, they've seen this, um, and especially here in Croatia, they've been through their own basically civil war in the nineties, um, fighting right. to secede for their independence. Um, you know, people have been through a lot here. They're, you know, resilient. There's a lot of perseverance, and you can tell that, you know in the way that we've seen people interact with each other and their, you know, love for animals and all of these things. But you can also tell that in the way that they are reserved towards probably, you know, people who are obviously tourists. Um, Not only are they reserved um, in that way, they're more reserved in how they dress and their personal appearance. I would say I definitely stuck out um, is like probably just like ocular trauma to these people. You're very colorful. I'm very colorful. Um, if you've never seen me, if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening to my voice, I have blue hair. I dress very colorfully. Um, I have tattoos. Um, I wear bright makeup a lot of the times. I wear bright outfits a lot of the times. Um, I'm used to getting sideways glances i'm used to getting looks i'm used to people you know shouting hey mom she has blue hair or whatever color my hair happens to be <laughs> like i'm used to these things that it doesn't really face me normally but i will tell you that i noticed it in split <laughs> like, yeah i was surprised more. you noticed yeah i usually don't notice alex will notice it like super quick right off and it i I'm just to the point in my life where I don't notice it anymore. But when I start to notice me getting like, you know, people getting whiplash to turn around and look at me. Um, yeah, there was like a family of four that like <laughs> literally stopped in their tracks for all four of them to like rubberneck to look at us <laughs> walking by. And to the point where I just, I, it was the one time in my life, like I've ever reacted to the situation where I was just like, 
and yes, excuse me, what? Like, what? Like, you're staring at me like I'm an exhibit in a zoo or whatever. <laughs> it was just like... You could have been on fire with the way they were looking at you. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, so I, I will say that, like, there is... Um, and this is kind of in general for most places that I go, but, you know, I'm usually the most colorful one. I usually stand out. I choose bold choices in my appearance and my fashion and stuff, and that's okay. I don't mind that. But um, all, just, to, just to illustrate that there's just more reserved here. People don't really... Um, seem to dress up a lot people a lot more muted colors mm-hmm. yeah. muted colors darker colors you know um it's just yeah their their preference preference that's absolutely fine um i send out a bit for that reason mm-hmm. and i i don't dress as colorful as uh, emily does most days sometimes <laughs> i do um but i definitely felt like I guess the word would be oddity. I, I felt like I stood out and I, to the point where it made me question if it was in observance of my not complete Caucasian heritage that I have, because I am of mixed ethnicity. Um, I have both uh, uh, Chinese and Mexican and Caucasian mixed in me. And, you know, in the U.S. I would get a lot of pretty much people saw whatever they felt like seeing and whatever made them comfortable to see. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that also happened a lot where they try to and then there's people who try to size me up to figure out, okay, how, what level of, and you know, sorry, it does happen or it did happen. You know, how far to racism they can get with me. What side of the line am I from their perspective? And it, it just, it, there was that kind of level of uncomfortableness for me. Um, no one said anything, you know, offensive to me at all, but every person except for maybe a checkout person who wasn't paying attention immediately spoke English to me. They didn't have a second thought that I uh, was local in any way or could possibly understand the Croatian language, which is true, (laughs) but that just goes to show the observance that um, was given towards myself. So you're saying like more to the fact that they automatically assumed that you were a foreigner because you're not completely white. That's what it felt like. Okay. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Sorry if that message was unclear. Because um, it was it was unclear for a while, but it seemed like that's the message I was getting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. And I think it, it speaks to that lack of diversity when you're one of the most um, racially diverse people in Mm -hmm. the place, you're going to feel it more. And so I can imagine there's probably another level of uncomfortableness that comes along with that feeling. Yeah, even though I am technically touring the world, so I guess I would be a tourist, I would much rather blend in than stand out in most cases when I'm in public. And that's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Obviously, standing next to Emily makes it hard. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but when I'm by myself, that's usually what I go for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're always with me these days. Yeah, so. and I, I, and as 
as you were saying, like their styles of and color choices were more muted and reserved. I I may pick darker colors sometimes, but I don't dress in a reserved fashion. No, so. you always have a look. You're yeah, always like I have I have an opinion about my fashion. Yeah. Like it's deliberate, you put it together. It's it's always a curated look. Yep. Um and I think that we kind of get that a lot of places that we go because it's usually we're the only ones who kind of like put together a look and especially because a lot of people are tourists um you know most people don't go on vacation to put together a look yeah but we love putting together a look and this isn't a vacation. This is our life. So and we choose to maintain that part of our And also we do live out of suitcases. So mm-hmm. we curated our luggage to have looks. So we pretty <laughs> much have that all the time. Yeah, that's true. Like I don't have that many casual clothes. No, like this is as casual I get. And that's just, yeah. I'm wearing just a t-shirt right now. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, you know... I do have pants on, if people are curious when I say just a t-shirt. <laughs> He's Pooh Bear. I am not Pooh Bear yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have... I have bottoms on. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna myself to death now. But, yes, anyway, so... On that note, in general, we really liked Split. Yeah. It felt... You know, for the few reasons where that it didn't feel like home, it did feel like home. You know, like it it felt comfortable, it felt safe, it felt, you know, adventurous enough. It was beautiful. It was it was you know, safe. It yeah. It felt it, safe still. It felt safe. It 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 was like kind of. We always knew we would like the Mediterranean vibe, and that's definitely what you get there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it just, you know, as far as what it has, it has the ocean. I keep saying ocean. It has the sea. It It has the sea. It has a coast, I should say. It It has has the coast, coast. yes. It has, you know, the forest. It has history. You know, it has a lot of the things that excite us. We fucking love a body of water, so... Yeah, you know, especially fresh water. It's so <sighs> clear there too. The water mm-hmm. is just you. I hadn't been to a place where I could like go to even like the marina, and I could look down over the edge and actually see the bottom. That's mm-hmm. unheard of for me before now. Yeah, yeah. We we just keep remarking on it even here in Dubrovnik. It's just like, excuse me, what? Like, how does this exist? And it's not like we've ever seen this ocean before, but. You don't, like, you know, I've been to the Atlantic growing up in the U.S. I've been to I grew the, Pacific the Pacific in yeah. Southern California because I lived there. You don't see it to the bottom of the ocean. Like, not unless it's a very thin layer yeah, of water. Yeah, so it's it's just, like, yeah, it's just unlike anything that we've ever been quite used to before, so. hmm We really enjoyed it. Yeah. And... We hope you enjoyed this show, and if you did, please like and subscribe to keep up with our new episodes. A great deal of research has shown that word of mouth is more effective than other types of marketing. So please, share our episodes with your friends. You can listen to this episode on the podcatcher of your choice, 
And if you want to see our faces and whatever weird colors Emily's wearing, <laughs> our faces, and how we make words with our mouths, you can watch and listen on YouTube. And like I mentioned a few times, follow us on Instagram at Emily and Alex. If you want to see a few of those videos that I referenced in this episode, we're always posting daily stories, videos, everything. Very you know, active on Instagram, yeah. I yeah, I make nice little reels to give you like little little doses of history and, and things like that and everyday stuff. So yeah, if 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 you want to see the visuals, basically, that we reference a lot, <laughs> make sure to follow us on Instagram. And if you want to help to keep us traveling, help us keep making new shows, we get help from our patrons on Patreon. Patrons like Carly, Abby, Kathy, Emery. Thank you so much. If you find that this content brings value to you and you'd like to support us, you can always find us on Patreon. There's a link in the episode description and you can sign up for bonus content or to hear yourself thanked in the credits next time. And as always, any questions, feel free to ask and we will cover them. This is ongoing. It is. Everybody, this is an ongoing, non-linear space where we will, you know... We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because, mm-hmm. you know what? This is going somewhere. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And I'm Emily. And thanks for sticking with us because, like she said, this is going somewhere. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.